Welcome to Blue Collar Love, the Starflyer 59 Retrospective. My name is Samuel, and thank you guys so much. My name is Aaron, and welcome back to this podcast again. Um, so that was my choice of lyric for this album, because in the live versions... I, okay, so let me back up. Um, mm. Today we're talking about Starflyer 59's Never Play Covers. Um, and I'm just going to give a preamble way ahead of time here. Um, <laughs> I couldn't find the album on any kind of streaming service. I don't own the CD because it's like 100 bucks on Discogs. Um, so I have no guarantee the version I heard, um, which were like some live videos I found online, are the exact same as the CD version. I think it had mostly the same lineup. But I can't guarantee like... The, so I'm going to be like very half-baked on this. Some songs I had no audio for. This is going to be an interesting episode. Um, yeah. Well, I have a CD copy, which I got probably five years ago, three years ago, four years ago. I knew it came out, but I was like, oh, a live Star 559 album. And again, like I've heard audio and I wasn't like, plugs was good, but you know, the rest of it, I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to get a live Star album because, you know, it's not good audio, whatever. But then I heard the Paradox CD and it sounded good. And so I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. And I'm glad I did. So, yeah, so it took me a while to get this one. It's funny you say that, because the Paradox album is my least favorite live album they've done. Really? Yeah, we talked about this um, yeah, when we yeah. reviewed it. It okay. just, I, I did not care for it. Um, but either way, we'll, we'll kind of talk about it here. So this is a live album. Um, we have a completely different lineup here, to a degree. Uh, we have Frank Lins on drum. Eric Collins, who I've never heard of, on bass, and D. Lorenz on guitar. So, woo, we finally got a two guitar Starflyer live band. It only did we took... mention that? The, did we mention never the album's called Never Play Covers? Did we do that? I thought we did. Okay. Well, Which I wish played... he would have done a cover on this because it would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would. Yeah, that would have been awesome. <laughs> Like just and like being Jason Martin, he would have like done like Awesome God by Rich Mullins or something, and it would have been awesome. <laughs> Jesus in the House by Carmen. Ugh, I don't know about that. Who's in the House, who's in the house? whatever that song's called. Oh dear Lord, you're even like flashbacks. <laughs> Such a terrible song. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. All right. So, um, tell me since I don't have access to this the cd tell me about the cd tell me about your history all i can say about it is i know it exists and the album art looks similar to the portuguese blues vinyl it does it has the same colors um um it's a blue background just like on the the vinyl um then it has the four members um of course different members of the live band and in black letters on the marquee in black just like on the vinyl says star 559 but then the name of the album in the band um um sf59 is in white um and the band members are in black um and then on the back it's just a list of the songs and then it lets you know that it was recorded in atlanta georgia february 20 2004 name of the band members and the record label bad out released it it's their third release. 
Don't know who owns Bad, Bad Out, if they're still around, but this was their third release. Hmm. No no insert or anything. It's, it's just a sleeve, like a, a little thin cardboard sleeve with the CD, and the CD itself is white with blue um, lettering. Now you know what the album is. So I'm really curious what kind of record deal um, they signed or Jason signed with Tooth and Nail because he always has these other releases on um, Burnt Toast, Velvet Blue, um, Republic Bad Record. Like, so, like, how does he get away with all these other, like, sub-releases without Tooth and Nail being like, hey, you're in breach of contract? I think Brandon was just, I think he just, you know, appreciate Jason's music. And, like, if he just, whatever Jason wanted, it seems like he would just do it. Like, you know what I mean? I think it was kind of like a loosey-goosey type of thing, you <laughs> know? Because it's because of the Martin Brothers and he got into the whole record, you know, being a record owner, owner of a record label in the first place. So I think yeah. that's probably what it was. Because, you know, he knew, he knew Starfire wasn't like, wasn't like MXPX or POD or whatever. He knew that they weren't going to be like a huge mass. So it was kind of, I think he just, just really just like the Jason's music and was like, okay, whatever his vision is, I'll support it. That's the that's that's what I'm guessing. I I can't speak for Brandon. Come on the podcast, but um, I, that that's that was my that's what the vibe I get. Fair mm. enough. Mm. All right. Well, let's run down these songs one by one. Um. Okay. So some songs I don't have the audio audio to, like I said earlier. Also, um, I'm going to be talking more about how I feel these songs vibe live as opposed to the songs themselves because we've talked about all these songs exactly in previous episodes. So the first one here is Wake Up Early, which is coincidentally enough the first track on I Am, the Portuguese Blues. Um, and what I said here was finally a song that plays the Star Flyers propensity for smaller live band with a stripped down sound. And what I mean by that is Portuguese Blues was a very, we talked about it, it's very garage rock, it's very stripped down. The album itself only contained three members, um, and that plays to Starflyer's strengths live. Now, I think in the studio, uh, Martin and company are amazing at elaborate production and layering stuff, but live, they've always been a very stripped-down band. Um, yeah. And I think this song, and really most of the songs off of the blues, plays to that strength very well. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, first of all, um, the album breakdown of this um, live album, there are six songs from the I Am The Portuguese Blues, two from Old, one from The Fashion Focus, and one from Everybody Makes Mistakes. And the clock's in 36 minutes and 31 seconds. If that's the concert, man. <laughs> and I know Starfire has a reputation of playing short shows. Man, I would be so annoyed. <laughs> That's too short. But anyway, um, Wake Up Early. You're, I agree with everything you said, Sam. Um, it's rough, gritty. Um, the drums sound a little more frantic than on the album version, which is great. Jason's vocals sound a little off here. Um, but I think it's a great opener for the show. Um, this song was made to be an opener. I mean, if you're not going to open with um, um, Underneath, which I, I would imagine live, I don't know. How, it just seems like that would be kind of harder to pull off than Wake Up Early. So if you don't have the personnel to do that, I think Wake Up Early is a great um, way to open a show. 
because like you said, it's, it, it fits well to the stripped down sound with all the extra production and stuff that Starfire normally does. So yeah, I love it. It's a great opening. It's worth noting that when the Beatles toured, they only did, I, I'm trying to remember, it's like th- between 30 and 36 minutes. And that their manager told them, never do more than that. So they would go to like these giant baseball stadiums, thousands upon thousands of people, and play a 35-minute set, and that's it, and be gone. Really? Yeah, true story. Wow. Um, okay. So. Okay. All right. I know this is one of your favorite songs, Aaron, so give it to me. New wife, new life. Sam. <laughs> the title still I can't listen to it my wife around I don't want her thinking anything so. <laughs> um, Jason's vocals sound more moody and better than the vocals in the first song um, Frank changed it Frank Lynn's changing the drum pattern in the second verse of the song which I think is a nice touch I was like oh wow that's different um, having, having two guitars um, is great um, I'm so glad that they did that because this song, um, I don't think it would sound as good because there's the two different guitar parts that are going on. So I'm glad that Mr. Lorenz is there to, um, to help really flesh out this song in a live context. This song and the last song and all the songs, really, there's no not too many crazy variations, deviations on the studio versions. They just sound like more like a garage band, you know playing songs but yeah i like it i mean it's shorter than the original version um what do you think sam so i love two guitar players oh oh one last thing this first jason talks at the end of this first one he says thanks that's it (laughs) (laughs) silver rose this guy i mean i think um i almost think if so we've talked about before how we we wish they would do like a one or like two shows, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, like an all-star version of Starflyer. Yeah. I think what he'd pretty much have to do is get Wayne Everett back on drums just to talk in between songs. Yes. <laughs> because no because we know Jason doesn't like to talk between songs. No, he doesn't. Or he better has- yet, go ahead. Just bring Ronnie to those shows and Ronnie can do all the talking. Or and when Wayne, half of it has to be in French. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Sam. All right. Um, I love that we have two guitar players. Finally, it only took three live albums. Okay, two live, a two live EPs, and then the back half of the. Um, Everybody makes. I mean, easy come, easy go. Yeah, the back half of that. We finally get two guitar players on mm-hmm. our fourth attempt at a, a live show recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and honestly, this is, I love old with all its production, but this song feels like it actually works without all the production. Um, it's a perfectly acceptable alt rock song. And I think in yeah. a stripped down approach, it works surprisingly well, better than I would think a song from old would work. Yeah. Um, so I really love it as just a straight up rocker, which it's not on the album. It's not so much yeah. a rocker on the album, but in this context, I could see this song. Maybe you might need to like, um, brighten up the vocals a little bit, but I could see the song getting on like an alt rock radio station, especially in this it. context. 
Okay. So, cool. yeah. All right. Um, all right. The next two tracks, Unlucky and Big Idea. I have no, I had no audio. So, Aaron, take it away. All right. So, Unlucky, at the end of this song, Jason also says thanks. It's just so, I mean, the dude's just so deep. Um, this is a slow core flyer song that I would call it. You have to hear it, Sam. They slow this song down a lot. It makes the song sound more grimy. We get some background vocals for the first time. Awesome. Great job. I love them. They sound great. The And Jason's vocals are uh, amazing on this. And um, yeah, this, I mean, it's like, a, so it's basically the album version of Unlucky, but slowed down a couple beats. And it just makes it sound like a churner, like a more heavier um, sound, which is really cool. So yeah, I would, I would, I mean, I don't know which version I prefer. I like them both, the album version and this one. I mean, so, yeah. That's Unlucky Alive from Never Play Covers. And then The Big Idea. This song is also slower than album version. Um, more background vocals. Great. Um, and Jason's vocals are really pushed to the front of the mix on this. And you can really hear that he's pushing his vocals he's really trying to like be you know like he's putting emotion into it not that he's not doing the other songs but you really really feel it here um he nails the solo at the end um again it's it's pretty similar to the um, album version just slower more sludgy again garage guitar sound garage band sound um I i bet it was a lot of fun live though I mean, wow, I can only imagine how loud and amazing that was. I miss live shows. Can't wait to get back. So, yeah, that's Unlucky and the Big Idea. And at the, um, no, okay, yeah, that's it for the Big Idea. All right. Well, I'll, that actually leads right into Not Funny. Um, I will say, so from the videos I saw, which appeared to be this lineup, right? Um, so... The videos I saw, the crowd looked so kind of bored. It was kind mm-hmm. of sad. Um, and I think it's because um, Starflyer as a band has never been very engaging live. Like, they're awesome, don't get me wrong, but they're more of a, I just want to sit back and relax and watch them play more than I want to mosh. Yeah. Um, like, if they... <laughs> um, so, I honestly don't love it. Because they they slow down not funny as well. Um, they decide to slow it down by like twenty beats, and I feel like some of the life is sucked out of the song. Honestly, when it's so much slowed down. Um, but also, and I don't know if this was on purpose, but the song sounds kind of more shoegazy when it's slowed down. Like a lot of his early stuff was more slow, and when we was talking to when we was talking to Squeebs, he mentioned that you know Jason liked to play on that half beat. He called it. Yeah, which he never really did very well. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan of the half beat. I just feel like in the live context, it doesn't work as well. Because when I think of a live show, I think of high energy, um, and this feels more like something you would just sit back and I don't know contemplate. Yeah. So that's honestly my thought thoughts on not funny. I'm with you too. It's kind of like, yeah, because there's shows like you go to Radiohead, Kamasi Washington, um, Prince. You're not there to like 
go i mean you might dance a little bit yeah yeah but you're you're there to enjoy the 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 artistry of the musicians on the stage and so yeah i hear that no one's yeah starfly was never a mosh band and yeah you're there to just take it in and i agree with that um this song is a song i don't really have any strong feelings about it i can't remember how i reviewed it when we did the portuguese blues album i mean i don't hate it, i don't love it i mean it, I, it's i don't skip it it's just a song that's yeah, you know, yeah, okay, you know, it's cool. It's a, you know, it's a Jason Martin song, so it's gonna be good, you know. But it never like, it doesn't stand out to me, and I, I don't like seek it out. Like, oh, I gotta hear it. Like it's Levain Core or something. Um, um, but I do like this version, and um, but Jason has a <laughs> very apt description of the song. He introduces the song. He says before they start playing this song, this is another new song that happens to sound a lot like the last one. Jason, that's funny. Because <laughs> it, it really does sound like the big idea. <laughs> so yeah, wrong, I, <laughs> I think um, there may just be a little bit of cynic in uh, Jason Martin at times. <laughs> a little bit, you think, Sam? A little just bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> a lot bit. Like, too much of, too much bit. <laughs> um. All right, next up we have Unbeliever, which ironically kind of sounds like not funny. Um, what I said is I think they used up all their energy in the first two songs. So now they had to play half beat to kind of make it work. Um, still, I appreciate the spacey sound, even if it doesn't translate as well live. I like the spacey sound. Um, I believe that this is the one where on the video, uh, Frank Lenz is like standing up and playing drums at the beginning of it. So something was happening on stage. Um, I uh, I wish more stuff was happening on stage. I just, I don't know. I wish these guys had a bigger budget because I know that was a big part of it. Of course. I wish yeah, they had you know, a, a budget to like go all Radiohead on stage. Like, yeah. Um, watching Radiohead live is fascinating because yeah, they just play the songs, but they remix them all weird, and then just to watch them all running around playing 20 instruments apiece is just fascinating. And right. I think that's what Starflyer has the potential to do, but they're running on, you know, 500 bucks and two Twinkies for, you know, a 20-show tour. Yeah. So they don't have, they can't do that. And it's, it sucks yeah. for them. I really feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um, when I saw this the um when I got the CD and I well not just got but when I first saw it on the track well yeah so uh, I get to see it I'm like oh unbelievers and, and previously you know Starfire Live so I'm like unbelievers live I don't know man like because there's a especially that minute so it's a golden lights and it has that weird long um instrumental part and I'm like I don't know because when I got the CD I didn't know there was two guitars. So I'm like, ah, this is going to be a disaster. Um, <laughs> so that's what I was thinking going into the song. Um, and But I, um, also when it starts, you're like, oh, this is a change up. The song is more melodic and less heavier than all the previous songs. And it slowed down, like you said. It's a nice change of pace. It's um, This song, the whole album uh, in general, there's like little periods of feed, feedback that happen throughout. And I personally love that. 
I miss hearing that live, like when you hear musicians and they're like changing chords or they're doing like doing different things and you just hear that random piece of feedback. Uh, I, oh gosh, I just look, cause you know, it's live, you know, it's like when you get like real crap meat and you feel like a, you get like a piece of shell and they're like, oh yeah, this is real. This is real crap meat. You know, I just love that. Um, the, but yeah, so I had this pre, I didn't think the band was going to pull it off, but they crushed this live. And again, the second guitarist really helps. Um, that middle portion to the breakout, to the to the breakdown, and then to the outro is amazing. Um, almost as good as the album version. I, and it's just it's so crazy me saying that. It's like I I, I really didn't have any high hopes that they would come close to that, but they they really did. I mean, I really like I really like this one a lot. Probably like my third favorite song on this album. Okay, fair enough. Um, so tell me what you think. And I love they do such a deep cut here. Birthright. Yeah. Um, Lens is straight killing the drums here. I love it. At one, the minute, 10 second mark, they start, they had a little stumble. Like the music just sounded like, whoa, something happened wrong. I don't know if it was on purpose or not, but it just, I just know it's like, whoa, this is different. Like what happened here? But then they get it back together quickly. And whoever, whoever is yelling the yeah, yeah, yeah in the background, I love it. Uh, I, I don't know if it's D. Lorenz or Frank Lenz or I don't know who's doing it. But um, it's possibly like, it's one of the, it, it like makes the song to me. It's like so great. I love it. it it's reminiscent of the Screamo vocals and Pedro Lines um, whole EP, like the Almost There song. You remember that song, Sam? Uh, yes, I, I'm... Yeah. I can't place it right off my head, but I've listened to that EP a few times. Yeah. Well, the one, I don't know if it's Dave Bazan or whoever screaming in the back, almost there's at the tip of my. I'm like, those, it's like similar vocals. And I'm like, oh man, that's great. And of course, Jason's guitar sounds amazing here. And I, I'm with you, the, the, the fact that there's a deep cut on the Fashion Focus too. And, and and they crank it, and this one doesn't sound slow. They crank it up and it has a little more tempo. So I'm with you. They kind of lose. Um, after the first two songs, there's like a little down, like energy seems to be lost. Um, but the birthright, they crank it back up. What do you think, Sam? So the version I had um, is not the version from this album. The The version that played looked like it had Cloud still on bass. And I'm assuming it was Wayne on drums. Um, either way, they as well back whenever they played this um played it as a kind of punky distorted sound and i loved it just like that kind of punk energy um was punk as starfly ever gets and it lends itself to the live setting like yes finally some energy here um and i love you know when a band just pulls out that random deep cut from <laughs> somewhere in their back catalog um it's always a joy for me to see that happen and i wish i wish bands did that more on live albums like i hate live albums that are just their greatest radio hits and then even worse when they sound just like the studio versions I mean, it's so boring and makes it such a pointless album so i'll give starflyer that at least they change it up at least i'm going to hear something different and on occasion i'll even hear something kind of cool so um, that, and it helps that they don't really have any hits 
So yeah, they yeah they have. I mean, they have I mean in the fandom, know. in the fandom, in fandom, they're hits. But I mean, like they don't have like a Billboard number one hit or anything like that. So I don't whatever they play ever charted anything. <laughs> yeah, so t- pretty much everything's a d- deep cut when they play, <laughs> which is great. Not for them though. <laughs> All right, I had no audio on Teens in Love, which I think was one of the songs I really liked from Portuguese. So okay. tell me about it. Um, this song of all the I'm the Portuguese blues songs here sound the best live. Um, there's like some songs that like the recorded version is, you know, whatever. Um, but the, somehow just live is so much better. Like Radiohead's, um, since we mentioned them, um, the True Love Waits, like there's a live version, live versions. And they finally did a um recorded version on their um, um their last album and the live version is just better and there's like i mean there's m- so many other examples um where the live version of a song is so much better than the um studio song because some songs are just made to be live and they don't they don't need to be recorded and i i think teens in love is one of them and this version is really good um yeah it's a jam the song like it comes on and just I don't know. It's just it's like a party jam. Like I mean, it, I, if Starfire was gonna have a song that started in mosh pit, <laughs> this would be it. This version of this got me really amped. So yeah, and yeah, probably like my second favorite song on this album. Second, no, yeah, Birth. I don't know, Birthright, Teens in Love, and Unbelievers. Yeah, those are probably the three that I like the best up here. What do Very you think? nice. Um, yeah. Worth the labor. Um, what do you what you got, Sam? I think it's kind of cool when songs sound different live because I've heard artists say before, um, you know, you record this, you usually like write and record a song in a week. And so you don't really get to know the song until you played it 20 times. Um, yeah. so it's almost like you're you're writing the song continuously for whatever the six months that you're playing it, and then you really discover what it's supposed to sound like. Um, obviously not every artist does that, but I like the artists that do kind of just turn it into their own thing when it's live. All right. Um, worth of labor. I love that they were able to keep that weird mouth sound in the live version. Um, it just makes me think of, um, the Beatles come together every time and it makes me happy. Um, and once again, it's a, I am the Portuguese blues song. It translates really well. Um, particularly when we actually have two guitarists. So I'm loving the two guitars. Um, and I like that, you know, because it's already kind of a raw garage rock song, it translates super live well, super well live. Um, and it keeps the energy up. And I appreciate that. So it's a good track. I enjoy it. Okay. Um, I, always, I always call the song Worthless Labor. Because <laughs> that's what it sounds like when he sings it worthless labor instead of worth of labor. So this is always gonna be worthless labor to me. Um and I'm with you. I love that they keep that sound at the beginning. It's my favorite part of the song. Oh yeah, and throughout the song. Um again, background vocals um um are there. Um the song is a bop as well. Another great sound of Starfire 59 song, played with talent. I love it. It sounds great to me. And I'm with you, like yeah, it's just it's it's a it's a great live jam. Um and yeah, 
not much more to say about the song because you know besides what we, when we recovered the portuguese blues album fair enough all right let's hit the hit up the last track then play the c chord let's end like, on a mistake like it's something <laughs> Boy. i agree no but go ahead <laughs> oh i just you want to go you want me to go it. I just meant the fact that it's from Everybody Makes Mistakes. Oh, okay. Well, I, uh, I was meaning. Well, then I guess I'll go first then. Uh, okay. <laughs> so um, this song was also played on the Paradox, on Live at the Paradox EP. So I guess Jason really likes this song a lot, which I don't blame him. It's a great song. Um, this version is more raw than the Paradox version. Um, I prefer the Paradox version better, obviously. This song, this sounds good. Um and Jason's vocals are on this whole album. I think his vocals are the best here on this. Well, that and the birthright, birthright and this song are his best vocals to me. But I wish they would have closed with a more a slower song, like I don't know, an acoustic version of a song, like an acoustic version of my friends who play guitar or old or something. Um, there's so much garage rock song on this on this album that like closing it with something different because you know, like if you you know. You know, just you want to normally when you're close to show you, you close with something different, you know. Um, Guns N' Roses closes with November Rain because it's different than what they're doing. So I w- wish that would have happened. But it's still a great song because Play the C chord's a great song. And I'll never get sick or tired of hearing any version of it because this is a great song. Um, and at the end of the outro, the background vocals, again, I don't know who's, who's doing the background vocals. They're just they're yelling, play the C chord, play the C chord at the end. I was like, wow, that should have been a chorus in the song, but it's not. And in the end, Jason expounds and upon what he said earlier and just said, thanks a lot. And that was it. So in this whole concert, he probably said like 12 words that wasn't him singing. So yeah, that's what I think about this version, play the C chord. What do you think, Sam, about this mistake? But still a great song. <laughs> well, I really appreciate all the the deep philosophical insights Jason gives in between songs. It, it let, makes know. me really feel like I'm right there writing the song with him. It it kind of takes me out because I'm so in like and it just gets me so <laughs> lost in my thoughts about the whole point of life, the duality of men. But the guitars bring me back. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So I find it funny. We've been doing this for just over two years, and already I get nostalgic for certain songs. <laughs> I'm yeah. already to that point in my Starflyer fanship, I guess. Yeah. Um, so this song feels nostalgic to me. Um, yeah. Hearing an older song, um, and I'm vibing with this one. I'm vibing pretty good with it. Um, even without the missing effects. And I remember not caring as much for the Paradox version, but this version works for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And once again, they're actually keeping the energy up. So I feel like I could see a crowd actually responding to this, maybe bopping their heads, bouncing, something. Mm -hmm. Um, So it works. Um, So overall on this album, a second guitarist is a step in the right direction for Starflyer. sounding great lens drumming is really dynamic and he really mm-hmm. fills out the spaces and um i also appreciate the deep cuts found here so really as their first full length um as their first full length live album i'm really i'm really vibing with this 
Um, I'm liking it. It's it's kind of up there with plugged a little bit, even if the middle does slog a little bit. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. You slog a little bit. Okay. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it does. So um, I guess do you want right, to? We're not going to rate it or anything. So I guess final thoughts. Yeah, that was my final thoughts. Okay, my final thoughts. Um, yeah, I'm with you. It's a good full-length Starfire al- album. Um, it's better than what you can get online. So if you you feel, and I know that with the limited amount of copies that are out there and the price tag that it calls for now, um, if the sound quality of live shows and whatever is dissuading you from um, purchasing this album, I would encourage you to get a copy because I think it's worth hearing here in Starfire in this context with this these members it comes across really well um definitely worth hearing um and yeah I mean hopefully we'll get Jason and the crew on tour sometime in the near future <laughs> but I doubt it but I know I would even I don't know I just I doubt I don't, it too I doubt I it just, too it's just a wish yeah I think See, I almost, because I think what I would appreciate about a Starflyer um, concert would be the fans. Um, really, it'd be just the meeting of all the Starflyer fans, because it's it's a very unique bunch. It's just like when you get any niche audience, yeah. you know, it's it's a lot easier for everyone to bond over their love for Starflyer than it is for everyone to bond over their love of, say, I'm trying to think of a very popular artist at the moment, Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's such a very niche group. And I think that's the part I would enjoy most about a live concert. If the Perchin could do it, I mean, Starfire could do it too. Aren't they equally popular? they got to be similar, right? As far as yeah, like audience. But they, but Prayer Chain probably has a lead singer who actually likes playing live. That's a good point, too. <laughs> 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 I, I think a small part of Jason's loads playing live. Small part? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he maybe can write a couple songs about it. Yeah, almost whole albums. <laughs> You're right. That's that's probably what the main thing is. That's like what it is. So, but yeah, a girl can dream. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, guys, it has been fun hanging out. Next time, we're going to tackle The Last Laurel, and then we finally get onto a proper album with Talking Voice versus Singing Voice. So I'm excited for both of those. Ooh, a fan favorite. Yeah. So once again, my name is Samuel. And I'm Aaron. Peace out, you this beautiful been... mother lovers. <laughs> this has been a uh, Brothers King Media production. <laughs>